Hello. Thanks for listening to our Fusion Sermon Podcast. Fusion is a worshiping community within Hardawike Ministries. We gather at 1030 a.m. in the Red Brick Church Building on the Hardawike campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Fusion community and Hardawike Ministries, please visit hardawike.com. Morning, everyone. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord with you guys. God is good. Say it all the time. And all the time. There it is. There it is. All right. So I'm excited to be here with you. I realize that um, you are all in a series and I'm excited to jump into that series with you. So we're thinking like Jesus and we're thinking about the core truths of our faith. And today we're going to talk about the church. Uh, Before I jump into it, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who um, made a way for me to be here. Thanks to Pastor JB and his absence. We go way back to seminary. We've known each other since Western Theological, him and uh, Miss Yvonne. Um, So it's been great to be friends with him over the years and see what God has done. And I'm excited to bring the word today. I bring greetings to you from, like he said, Forgotten Man Ministries, also known as Reach to Forgotten Jail Ministry. And uh, they're in 33 jails in Michigan, and Kalamazoo is one of the jails. So we're trying to bring the gospel and the light and the hope in the jails where inmates can receive hope for Jesus. I have some flyers in the back that, like newsletters, so you can kind of get an idea of what it is. And after service, you can grab one if you like. Or you can pull me to the side and ask me a few questions. But what I realize is that as we follow Scripture, it, Scripture tells us in Matthew 25 that if we visit the least of those, we visit him. Um, what I found is that I thought I was going in to encourage them. And I realized that they're encouraging me because the light of Christ is in the jail. I don't know if you know this, but God's not like stopped by prison bars. <laughs> I mean, the gospel still gets in there, still gets in the hearts of people. And they realize that their uniforms are not their identity. Those uniforms and those jail prison numbers that they wear, they're not their identity. Their identity is found in Christ. And if they surrender their lives to God, then that would be just a part of their testimony where God turn, turned their life around and they became lights and witnesses. And that's interesting because we're talking about being lights and witnesses today. So would you like to stand for the reading of God's word in Acts chapter 13? We stand because we honor and respect God. For those who don't know, they read the entire Old Testament law while standing. We only have a few verses today, so I think we'll be okay. This is the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Now, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the point you bring us in our walk with you, Lord God. And we just want to acknowledge the fact that you are in complete control of every situation. You're not in heaven twiddling your thumbs, wondering what's going to happen next, but you know exactly what you're doing. You had a date on the calendar for this very moment. You're the author and the finisher of our faith and also the sustainer of it. And you're faithful to complete the work you started in us. 
God, I wrote some things down here, but if your spirit doesn't infuse power into those words, they will be meaningless. So, Lord God, take this message and put it in our hearts. Help us to be convicted by it. Help us to be cleansed by it. Help us to be empowered by it so we can be a blessing to someone outside of ourselves. Lord, let us be doers of the word and not just hearers, deceiving ourselves. And let everything that happens, if anything good happens, we'll give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock, my strength, and my redeemer. These we ask in all other blessings we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. All right. So um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm pretty... I got to give you some disclaimers. So I'm a, I'm a, you see I'm a mobile preacher. I kind of move around a lot, um, and that's one thing. Another thing is that it's a participatory message, and so if I invite you to say amen, you may say amen. If I say, say praise the Lord, you're welcome to say If I say, say hallelujah, you're welcome to say hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. All right, amen. So there may be a random point in the sermon when I ask you to say prove it. Say prove it. A little bit louder. There you go. So if you say the word prove it, if I ask you to say prove it and you say that, the prove it means that I will give you a scripture that backs up what I am saying so that you don't take my word for it, you take God's word for it, okay? Because his word is more important, right? Amen? All right, so if you don't say amen or anything, I'll preach for 99 minutes. Um, And I know some of y'all want to go home and watch the football game. You got crockpots and everything going on. You want to get the things going on. So I just want you to know that it will actually help the message to move along if you participate. Say amen. Yeah. Ah, you found it. You found it. All right. Great. Good. So we're all in, the, in agreement there. So let me just give you a little bit of background. But before I do, the big idea is this. God accomplishes his mission with his church. Let's say it together. God accomplishes his mission with his church. That is the point. If you don't remember anything else I say today, that would be the main idea of what is happening. Now, if you think about this passage that we're looking at, that we talked about in Acts 13 here, there's a group of people together. They're fasting, they're praying, they're worshiping God. And then the Holy Spirit clearly makes it known in this diverse community of people that Barnabas and Saul are the ones that are going to be sent out for this great mission. This is the beginning of the first missionary journey that they go on. They go on three missionary journeys. Now, Saul, don't get confused. It's Saul of Tarsus in Acts chapter 9, who was converted into Paul. So when you see Saul, it's Paul. So I just don't want you to get confused about that. So his name was changed, but sometimes they still refer to him as Saul. But that's Paul the apostle who wrote the 13 letters in the New Testament. If you with me, say amen. All right, cool. So Barnabas and Paul have been called to a mission, and that mission is to be a light and a witness. Everybody say light. Light. Witness. Say witness. witness. A light and a witness. I don't know if you know this, but the mission of God's people was always to be a light and a witness. God has not added that on in the New Testament. God has not added that on as something, oh, that was in the appendix. You got to turn to the back of the book and see it. No, 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 no. The original plan was God calling his people, Israel, and the church in the New Testament to be his light and witness. Say, prove it. Genesis 12, blessing of Abram. God says to Abram, you, I'm going to be one who blesses you. 
and you will be a blessing. Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. And all the nations of the world will be blessed through you. So how many of you know that we're the spiritual children of Abraham? Raise your hand if you know that. All right, so God in Genesis. Now, this is the first book of the Bible, okay? The first book of the Bible, God puts the plan to redeem the entire world through the family of God. And that family became the church. Say amen. amen. Now, I don't know if you believe me, so say prove it again. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 6 says, God's talking to Israel, the nation, not just one person. I will make you, Israel, all of you, as a light to the nations that my salvation shall reach to the ends of the earth. Where does it reach? Oh, that's everywhere. That is everywhere. So the idea was that these people, God's people, will be cross-cultural missionaries. That whoever came through Israel, they would be like, oh, this is the real, true, and living God. We need to worship him. Now, that didn't work out too well for Israel because instead of them being a light, they got, in, they got, they, they got it backwards. <laughs> the world started influencing them. And then they started worshiping the foreign gods that these other people were worshiping instead of remembering the true and living God. That's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, how many of you know that being a light and a witness is not just the Old Testament idea? Raise your hand if you know that. Not say prove it. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus is right now. He's getting ready to re- go, go. He's getting ready to go back to heaven. And he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he's talking to the disciples. He says, I'm going to have you go and make disciples of all. Everybody say all. All nations. Teaching them everything I've commanded you. And I'll be with you always, even to the very end of the age. God is serious about this. I want you to know that when you see a repetition like that in Scripture, it is intentional by God because God does not waste words. He is not redundant, okay? So when God repeats something, that's the all caps, that's the emoji, and that's the, the highlighter, and that's the bold print. When God repeats something, it is very important. And this theme is throughout the whole scripture. You can even turn to Revelation 5 and see every tribe, language, people, and nation around the throne of God. That's God's vision. He wants to see that happening. He wants every language worshiping him. You know the songs we just sung? What if they were sung in Swahili? What if they were sung in in Amharic? What if they were sung in in Russian and and Ukrainian and, 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 and all these different languages? Chinese and Spanish and Latin and Greek, the worship of God. We're all called to be light and witnesses if we're in that family of God. Now, here's the good news. God prepares us to be the light and witness he's called us to be. So he doesn't just say, hey, go figure it out. Tell me how that goes when you get back. No, he actually prepares us. So these guys, Barnabas and Saul that we talked about here, So the Holy Spirit made it clear to everyone who was praying and fasting in that community that they were the ones to be called to be sent out as missionaries. But the reason why is because if you turn back a couple of chapters, you'll see that God brought Barnabas and Paul, who called Saul back then, to Antioch over a year before this actual moment in Acts chapter 13. 
So the church was blowing up and growing and exploding in Antioch. And they needed some people who were grounded in the faith to help train up these people so they could be the church together. And this is actually the first place that they were called Christians in Antioch. So they said, oh, we need some people that are going to help us. Who are we going to send for? So they sent for Barnabas. And Barnabas said, oh, wait, I need to go get Paul. This guy's on fire, and he is, he is serious about Jesus. And he used to be a Pharisee, and he got beat up for Jesus a couple of times. So we know he's not faking it. He almost got stoned to death. And he, when he got stoned and beat up and thrown out of a town, and he came to, he got knocked out, he came to, and went back in the town and continued to preach. This guy is serious about Jesus. We need him. So Barnabas goes and finds Paul. And those two helped to build the foundation of church in Antioch. So they're there at least two years. So while they're there for the two years, they're actually auditioning for the missionary trip that they didn't know was God was going to set them up for. Because all they did was walk around being a light and a witness and training everyone else to be lights and witnesses. When they go back to the marketplace, when they go back to their families, when they go into the city square, they were teaching them how to be disciples. Everybody say disciples. They were teaching them how to be disciples. So it was a no-brainer for the church in Antioch to say, of course it's Barnabas and Paul. Because we've seen them audition for the last two years. I think if they could do it here, they could do it there. And so the good news is God actually prepares his people to witness. So they were in a period of preparation while they were serving in Antioch. The disciples were in a period of preparation when they were walking around with Jesus for three years. Then Jesus says, okay, now you're ready, but not yet. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes and gives you everything else you need that I couldn't give you because I have to go. So the Holy Spirit empowered them, but the Holy Spirit reminded them of everything that Jesus had taught them. So he was preparing them for that three years. Here's the good news. Raise your hand if you are a Christian. The good news is he prepares us to be a light and a witness. Let me give you a short definition of what a a witness is. Say, what's a witness? I'm so glad you asked. A witness is a person who sees something and says something about what they saw. A witness is a person who sees something and said something about what they saw. If there was a car accident, God forbid, at the end of that corner over there, and there were, you were on the northeast, you were on the north side of the, of, the, of the block, you were on the west side of the block, you were on the south side of the block, and you were on the east side of the block, and all of you saw the car accident, and then the policeman comes and does a report and gets your accounts. We have four accounts, call them gospels, all right? We have four accounts of Jesus' life. You're going to give me a different account. You're going to give me a different account. You're going to give me a different account, and you're going to give me a different account. It doesn't mean you're contradicting each other. But you told it from what you saw, your perspective. You told it from what you saw. You saw something, and you said something. So you get to be a witness. And if I brought you into trial because there's a court case now about it, you're going to get up and testify. Everybody say testify. You're going to get up and testify to what you saw, and you're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. 
That's a witness. So how many of you have witnessed God doing something in your life? You saw something, right? Didn't say something. Come on. You saw something, right? So say something. Because Jesus is in the business of using the testimony that we say to spark hope in the person who hears that. If they hear what God has done in your life and in my life, they will begin to wonder, could he do that for me? Could he help me? Could he bless me? Could he protect me? We are witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. We all have to witness. We are all called to be witnesses who see something and say something. I really appreciate the fact that God uses broken and flawed people who make a lot of mistakes to testify. He knows that our, our, our um, faithfulness is kind of wavering, but we do have these moments where he inspires us to share what we've seen. I've seen Jesus do a lot of things. I've seen Jesus uh, heal broken people emotionally. I've seen Jesus reconcile irreconcilable relationships. I've seen Jesus heal and deliver people from drug addictions. I work in the jail, and I see Jesus' light of hope in a person. I've never seen a person more free than a person who has a light of hope in a jail. It's crazy how you can see in that person's eyes that they believe that Jesus is Lord. And even as they go back to their cell, they are free. It's crazy because the Holy Spirit does not get, he's not restricted by those situations. And, and some of us sit in churches like this and we think we're free, but up here, Oh, Lord, there's a whole nother jail up here, ain't it? So the Lord has come with the master key. Huh? Master key. Got it? He's coming to unlock our minds, our hearts. And if we allow him to do that, that becomes a, a story, a testimony. Raise your hand if you ever felt discouraged. Have you or have you not seen Jesus come through to give you hope in that situation? If you have, you get the witness about that. I know a Jesus who brings hope to the hopeless. And let me tell you, I was hopeless at a time. And yet he still brought me encouraging hope. Is it happily ever after? Nah, nah, I wouldn't say that. But I have a deeper trust in him because he is a God of a mountain high experience and a valley low experience. Just like the verse you just heard Pastor Darwin say, be still and know that I am God. He is the one that can help us. And if you have that story, guess what? You get to share that. Say amen. amen. Testimony is powerful when you're witnessing. The church is called to witness to what God has done. Psalm 145, 4 says, One generation shall tell your works to another, declaring his mighty acts. We can't pass our faith to people, but we can pass our stories of what God has done. The Bible is full of stories. If you don't have your own, please borrow from the open source material. 
please borrow from here because stories about what God has done have been written down for us. Look what he did for the children of Israel. Look what he does for believers. Look what he does for unbelievers. Look what he does for sinners. And if we, the church, get involved in that mission, which is to tell the world about who Jesus is, you don't have to be a super evangelist. You don't have to be on television. You don't have to be loud like me. You don't have to do it like that. There, God has cultivated in your personality and your gift set the way he wants you to witness. Now, I had a person who, this was his way of witnessing. He would write a note and he would give it to a person. Sometimes he'd sign his name, sometimes he wouldn't. But his ministry was, here, this is for you. Sometimes he would leave it anonymously on their desk. Sometimes he would hand it to them. But for some reason, while he prayed and write that note, uh, he thought about that person and he wrote the note. He allowed God to fill in the words. It was as if God was writing it specifically. People would come back to him weeping like, how did you know? What? You've been talking to somebody? No, 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 no. I've just been praying and I've been asking God, how might I be a blessing around here? I'm, I'm glad it was a blessing to you. Glory to God, you know? So it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be broadcast all over. For some other person, it is, uh, they like to go online on their social media and they put an inspiring quote. This one inspired me. Boom, may it inspire you. And that was their way of being a light and a witness. So it, there are a variety of different ways to do it. But the idea is to let people know who God is. And, and what, what happens when you do that is that you align under God's mission. God doesn't have a plan B, y'all. The church is the plan A. And plan B is look at plan A. There is no other way. The hope of the world comes through the church. And God wants to use imperfect and broken people to bring glory to his name by telling people in word and in deed who he is and what he's done. That is what we're called to do, y'all. That is what we're called to do. So, there's a theologian, his name is Leslie Newbigin. He is a British theologian, and he passed uh, in, the, in the late 80s, I think. And he said, the world, I'm not, it's hard to read my own writing. The church is not meant to call men and women out of the world into a safe religious enclave, but to call them in order to send them back as agents of God's kingship. So you're not a person who is a Christian because you came and you believe. That's part of it. But you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're one of his when he sends you somewhere. If he has a mission for you, now you're his, right? It's not just to just hang out and I love church and I'm, I'm, I'm a part of church and I believe in church. But it, we're not a bubble, guys. We're a launching pad. He is sending us out into the world. The world might be across the street from your house. The world might be next door. The world might be when you turn on your computer. The world might be when you're driving around here. But we're called to go out and let people know who he is. That's our call. And we're his. We, we know we're his when we get sent out like that. Amen? Say Amen. So, just to recap, the, the mission, 
was always for God's people to be lights and witnesses. That's the first thing. The second thing is God will prepare us to witness. He gives us on-the-job training while we're learning to what it means to be a Christian. And, that, and the third thing is uh, we, have all, we all have to witness. We all need to witness. And witnesses see something and say something. We're all called to do that. And the reason why we do all that is because God's number one mission is to send his church into this world so that we can represent him and that more and more people can be added to the number of the family of God. Amen? That's what Jesus knew when he came down here to talk to them. When he's talking to his disciples, he's thinking about the church and what they're going to be and how they're going to turn the world upside down with that good news. Even in his three short years, he's like, I'm getting ready for them to go take my message to the world. And many of us wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for that movement. Because, I mean, maybe there are some of you that, have, that are Jewish descent, um, but a lot of us are not. We would fit in the Gentile category. And Paul was called to the Gentiles to bring that message. And that's why we have it. That's why we're here. Because the message has changed our lives. Now we get to join into that. I, listen, I want it to be the gospel message. I want it to be more infectious. Excuse me. I want it to be more infectious than COVID was. I want it to be a pandemic. I want the gospel to be a pandemic. I want it to spread all over the world. I want it to shut all evil down. I want it to shut everything that is not like Christ down. That's what I want. That's my dream. That's my goal. And I'm going to keep telling people about Jesus until I go home. And I pray that you would join me on that. Would you join me on that? Say yes, if you will. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the points you bring us in our walk with you. And God, we just thank you that you are the one who calls your church together. You're not calling us because we're perfect. You're not calling us because we're super intelligent. You're not calling us because we have this amazing ability, but you're calling us because you specialize in using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Everyone in scripture that you selected was ordinary. I mean, other than Jesus, everyone was ordinary. And you, you used the, the people in the Bible to do extraordinary things. And I pray that you would do the same with our lives as we surrender to you, that you would show us how to be the church you called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our Fusion community or how to support Heart of Wake Ministries, please visit us at heartofwake.com.